0: couple members of the randy newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random followed by another that's a cover it's wheel of randy hey it's wheel of randy everybody's favorite randy newman podcast Wheel of Randy is part of the Good Trash Media Network. A couple of notes before the show today. My guest and I are going to be discussing several songs. Feel free to pause and listen to each song before we talk about it. If you go to our Twitter page, at Wheel of Randy, you will find links to all the songs that we're discussing today. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. Stay tuned after this episode for a message from those fine folks. Let's start the show. It's Wheel of Randy. My guest today is a... Well, some might say he's my doppelganger. Seems like everything that I'm interested in, he is interested in. He is a uh, fixture in in the, the retail scene in Norman, Oklahoma. He is an author. He is a comic he is a podcaster he is a crossword enthusiast uh, you know feel free to add whatever titles you want please <laughs> please welcome to the wheel of randy mr wampus reynolds
1: hey dan hmm. hey rand rands
0: <laughs> No, nah, back in my libertarian days, we, we we were the Randroids, but that was for something
1: different. Yeah. <laughs> hey, new maniacs!
0: Oh, that's good. We're, we're running with that.
1: <clears throat> Wampus,
0: right. got to start off you know, right off the bat. You, you have an unusual name. What does Reynolds mean?
1: It means. Um podcaster and uh, which is very crazy because it's an I think it's an Irish last name and uh, yeah it's one of the oldest you know Scotch Irish last names but I haven't investigated too much
0: I'm trying to picture the medieval equivalent to a podcast maybe the 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 minstrel that would would, would would sing on a very niche topic
1: and I would say it would be the two people standing behind the town crier and uh, talking about what town crier was doing that would be the equivalent of a podcast back then
0: I think it's a very important part of any culture and any economy is to have the, the Statler and Waldorf The uh, yeah the Tom Servo there, providing commentary.
1: Exactly.
0: Wampus, I have to say you have been on my mind a lot because just this morning, I finished reading your first novel, and we're recording this in early June, so I have kind of an advanced copy of this. Uh, For for the record, this probably won't come out until July, so uh, I assume this will be well distributed, but, Tell us a little bit about Way I See It.
1: Uh, yeah, Way I See It, which, uh, since you've read it, I hope I hope the title makes kind of sense to you. Uh,
0: Once you read it, it does, yes.
1: Yeah, especially in the mechanics. You know, it's first-person, present tense, which was really tricky to write in in that mode, but it is a it's a mystery novel uh set in norman oklahoma in 2019 which seems so long ago now and basically it's about two friends who are in the kind of demographic of people who go to college and then they just stay in that town you know they had so much fun that they want to keep it going and but one of the friends is killed and the other friend um investigates what his old friend had been up to before uh and trying to figure out what's going on there
0: the characters in this are so great uh I, I come from a, a similar background to you. I, I went to college in Norman in the early nineties. Uh, one thing that I love about this book is, is how the city of Norman is a character unto itself in this book. You really captured the flavor of Norman.
1: Yeah. And that was a, a main goal for this is, um, most mystery novels that I really like, they, they do take note of where they're set and will illuminate what, what parts of that place influence people there. Uh, George Pelicanos in his Washington DC is, you know, a very big um, example, Gregory McDonald. There's a, whole subgenre of Florida literature, Florida Noir. And so you know I hadn't seen that for Norman except one book that came out about 20 years ago. And I thought it, it would be something that people here could relate to, but people all over, you know, I a friend of mine from England just messaged and and said he could understand Norman, you know, from reading this. So you know, there's a, it, it's like everything. You you examine a very specific place and then you draw universal truths from it. Which I will talk about later with our song, but yes. yeah, I just want to say that.
0: What's so fascinating about Norman for those of you who aren't familiar, because this is a worldwide Podcast yeah. naturally, um, Norman is about a hundred thousand people and to to just dismiss it as, as a college town is, is 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 sells it short because you have you have all of these different towns slammed together you have you have stereotypical college campus uh, strong fraternity scene. You have a strong hippie community. Uh, Norman is also now a suburb of Oklahoma City, and so you have the, the the suburbia that is is taking over Norman. I think you captured that especially beautifully with your mega church. And I, I laughed out loud when 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 you first gave the name of this mega church. I'll let you deliver that line
1: here. Soulpatch.tv
0: (laughs) Soulpatch.tv Yeah,
1: that's one I've had in my back pocket for a long time. That
0: was beautiful.
1: I remember I was on an architecture tour of uh, the Babinger house, which no longer stands, but it was this amazing um, Bruce Goff house in East Norman, That I was standing there with uh, some people on the architecture tour, and Somehow mega churches came up and I was like, oh, and they have silly names and Soul Patch came out. And <laughs> so I, I've always wanted to use it in some way.
0: At the same time, and you capture th- this so well, there's a scene uh, in Noble in Lexington that you go just five miles out of Norman and you are in, uh, you know, n- n- not disparaging, but you're in you're in a rural community. You, 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 yeah. It might as well be Ardmore or Idabel. And, you know, it's right there, right next door. Um, Norman is this this crazy clash of cultures uh, that, that, that you capture so well in this. Oh,
1: thank I, you. And I also, I, I want to say I am so glad you messaged me this morning to talk about this because – there have been numerous instances in the last two weeks of people saying, hey, I, I got it, I'm reading, I'm 50 pages in and loving it, and then whoosh, you know, a deafening silence. So <laughs> I was panicking, like, are people mad at me? Are they mad how this story went? So I am glad you, you followed up today.
0: There's, there's a lot to talk about privately. Yeah. The, 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 the... We sure can. Yeah. So the, the, the story is, is is very well written and very evocative of this, of this weird little city, this, this weird little patch of blue in the middle of of Ruby red Oklahoma.
1: And, And then, you know, it's also those, those people who refuse to grow up, you know, that, that college towns, uh, can nurture and foster very well. Norman does that for some people, for sure.
0: It does. I didn't fully appreciate Norman until the first year I took summer classes there, uh-huh. because Norman in summer is completely different from when you know when there are twenty five thousand undergraduates roaming around, it's, and that's when you see the the locals really come out, and you really get to see the oddballs shine. Yeah. Wampus, how can people find this book?
1: Uh, Right now it's uh, available in paperback, you can order from Amazon, uh, on eBooks, anywhere you would get an ebook, basically. Um, If you want your library to carry, if you're if you're someone who likes to get things from libraries, just tell them you want it. Tell them, and maybe that will create a little demand to order i
0: did I did mention it to uh, Oklahoma City's library Twitter feed, and they oh, yeah, and they responded with, "Oh, if you liked this, you might like elmore Leonard
1: and that was pretty uh, pretty impressive uh, that meant I think they they looked it up, looked up the description and, and they came up with something pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some parallels there. I have to talk about the cover of this book. You'll have to 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 give some some props to the cover artist because oh, yeah. the the depiction of Lake Thunderbird that you have on this is it, it, it just captures everything that I, as a hydraulic engineer, think about Lake
1: Thunderbird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Lake Thunderbird is a man-made lake east of Norman, and uh, just uh, it's just a muddy, orangish red all the time. Um, I hope I got the details right. I I could see a hydraulic engineer might cringe no, no. at my attempts, but
0: no, you captured it, and I could tell that you weren't a hydraulic engineer because you didn't drop the fact that. Engineers find fascinating that nobody else cares about is that this was not a Corps of Engineers dam. This was a Bureau of Reclamation dam. And Bureau of Reclamation built Hoover and Lake Powell and all the giant dams out west. Thunderbird is as far east as they ever went.
1: I never knew that. I, I, that, that, is, that is interesting, even to the non-engineer me. I, well, yeah, that's, I never, that's flattering. I never, I never knew that. Uh, all I knew is that there was a town that they cleared out, called Denver. So, Denver is under Lake Thunderbird. The so
0: the, the focus of, of this of this book is is uh, a, a man named Hilton. Would you share a passage? Uh, that that I think summarizes the, the 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 relationship between Hilton and I'm sorry, is it Cole, Cole, the, the narrator, um, that that summarizes you know, just some of the nature of their relationship. Would you would you read a quick passage for us there?
1: I will. First, I have to say, um, you've got an earlier edition that's out now because his name now is Holden because. When I was writing it, I came up with a name I thought off the top of my head, but it's actually a comedian in Tulsa that I've met named Hilton Price.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And, and, and when I posted uh, his name is mentioned on the back cover, and a friend said, hey, I went to school at OU with Hilton Price, and it oh came gosh. to me. It's like I didn't even think of him. <laughs> but I messaged him. He thought it was funny. But I, his name is now Holden.
0: But are you, the point. Are you familiar with uh, the Ben Fold's Reinhold Messner connection? No, what's that? He he named his third album The Unauthorized Biography of Reinhold Messner. And Reinhold Messner was this, this uh, pseudonym that he and his buddies used in high school. Turns out he didn't know until they released the album that he was an a very famous alpine explorer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I it's uh yeah, it's amazing how names just seep in and and how that didn't and like when I chose the names excuse me for that sound I'm going to turn down notification. But when I chose that name there there was some meaning or something with it, you know, but there's some symbolism, but I can't remember what it is, which I have found in writing. I, I will pick names that have some loaded meaning And, and that one came up, but uh, who knows what it was.: um,
0: Now I'm excited that I have this rare misprint copy.
1: You do. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's a rare one. You know, I, I could have sold what I've sold, and that will be the de facto one. Who knows? But, okay, so I'm going to read, it's just a couple paragraphs, and just to set it up, um, his, Coles, and Holden's classmate, Robin, uh, who's a pastor's wife, she, she has just called Holden a character. He was a character. That line echoes in Robin's clear, low, and resonant voice. Her sentences usually come out in a precise but pleasing rhythm. This one is no different. Robin, you meant nothing by it, but that sentence drags me down the spiral. He was a man. He felt all the feelings and thought all the thoughts. He expressed so much. That word character flattens him. It makes him someone with one role in your life. He comes into view, makes you laugh, and he gets out. The whole sentence should be, he was a character to me. You don't open your whole self to someone who is a character. It's a good defense. But didn't I think he was a character these last months? I didn't open my whole self to him. I was brusque. He knew he couldn't talk to me high, but he couldn't resist making me squirm because of it either. Ta-da.
0: That really struck me, especially that line, uh, he was a character to me. Um, it's so easy for us to to catch just a glimpse of someone and put them in a category and uh feel like we know them um, you talk a lot in in this book about how norman has a lot of discharged mental patients yes and one of them that that, that i remember very clearly from, from from the '90s, uh, was, was was this guy who would would go up and down Lindsay Street, and he was on a bicycle, and he had a lot of hats and Billy Two Hats. Yes. Yeah, here's here's the thing. That was not his name. No, no. And you know, the, the the this friend of mine who who was a, a campus pastor developed this relationship with him. And you know they you know he'd help him out when he could, but 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 they would talk uh, and it really upset him that there were all these people who didn't take the time to know this guy. they just had heard the nickname and they repeated it and and didn't think anything else of him to hint to to them he was just this colorful Norman character, and there was so much more to him than that,
1: yeah. Yeah, I could see that with yeah.
0: him. One thing that, that amazes me, and we could talk Norman all day. Yeah. Um, it's really amazing to me that our paths did not cross in real life until, what, maybe 2018, 2019. Yeah. Uh, that we, you know, our formative years were within half a mile of each other. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the paths didn't cross. And there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. I see a lot of that in this book, too. A lot of, you know, people being worlds away from each other, you know, just just a few blocks away from each other.
1: Yeah, it's true. And, like, when he goes to look at the people, you know, who were close to his best friend, you know, like, the woman he loves, he knows nothing about her. Um, yeah the the boss who has held him up for years and this is someone who they have a big connecting point yeah you know living in big cities you know that's a that's a big theme there it's just uh, it's, there's eight million stories is what they say
0: yeah I don't want to mislead anyone in thinking that, that this is, is something that, that only Normanites would be interested in. Um, I think it's easy when when you're setting a story like this in an actual place. Uh, it's easy to, to make you know, cheap references to landmarks. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this before. I've got a copy somewhere, but about 20 years ago, uh, this trade paperback came out called Murder at Oklahoma. Yes. And it, I kind of got the feeling that they, the same guy made one of these for every college town.
1: Now, yeah, I had a conversation with a, a person on Instagram today about this. He That was Jack Bickham, and he was a professor at OU, and he... He had some success with uh, young adult novels. He was a journalism or professional writing professor. Oh, okay. But he, he turned them out, and my guess is for this is uh, when he pitched it to the publisher, he probably said, I, you know, this will appeal to people in Norman because I will name things.
0: Right. He, he name drops David Boren at one point in a not very flattering way. Yeah. Uh, the, the much maligned president of, of the university. I have to ask, did you ever read The Code of Buddyhood? No. Um, the author escapes me. Let me look that up real quick. It was a uh, William Bernhardt, uh, who's a, a very well-known mystery writer uh, in Tulsa. Uh, wrote the code of buddyhood and it's about two friends at the university of Oklahoma in the late seventies. And Um, your book reminded me of it in a lot of ways because there's, there's uh, two very, very different personalities. And, and uh, at at one point, they, they access the, the, the tunnels underneath the university, just one of those urban legends uh, that, that people talk about. Um, it was a very early book of William Bernhardt's, and he, he uh, became very successful afterwards. But uh, it, it's it's one if you if you're familiar with Code of Buddyhood, folks definitely check out Way I See It. It's got got very much a, a, a similar flavor there.
1: I, I I'm very intrigued. I, I did not know this book existed. Um, yeah. The only other book I can think of with some setting at University of Jubilee City, maybe uh, it's Joe Ando, who uh, is a very popular artist, great artist, and he spent his undergrad undergrad at OU. So he talks about things there that you will recognize and, and identify with too. Mm.
0: One other passage I'd like you to read, and this is a a short passage that really doesn't have that much to do with the plot, but I think really captured the spirit of of Oklahoma uh, and the spirit of Oklahoma trying to belong. You know what I'm talking about there?
1: Yes, yes. Um, And I'm going to read it. And this, this might be the most transparent um, allusion to a place in the in the book. I changed the name, but I, everyone,
0: I know the place you're talking yeah, about. Everyone
1: who knows will know. But okay, here we go. Uh, several groups of people are waiting to get into Eggworks. A travel show on television featured it recently and it provided that outside validation Oklahomans love indeed. These people in line would have skipped over this place before that. I peek in the glass door and see a solitary seat at the counter. Deidre runs between tables serving and taking orders. She sees me and just asks, the usual? I say yes, and my order is near the front of the line almost immediately. That's one perk of being a Norman regular.
0: I love that so much. (laughs) i I've seen you know so many restaurants come and go, and I've seen some places that just never got the attention they deserve, but there is this mania, and I don't know if this is universal or not but i've I've definitely seen it in oklahoma uh this 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 fascination with see how hip we really are,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, but well, you know, I I kvetch about some of Oklahoma City's growth, and um, and, you know, I say sometimes it looks like they found a an issue of a dwell magazine from 2014, or just building from that. But this is this character's perspective, and and I, I just want to say that's the character's perspective. But I see it, I do see it in in, in my own personal life. I mean, I I, I own a, a, a shop, a cheese shop, and you know, we've we've gotten outside validation from from our our colleagues and our professionals, but it you know, for some people, you know. And we we had a shop in Santa Fe, and there was a a good-sized population of people who would buy cheese in our Santa Fe shop, but never come to our shop in Oklahoma, you know, because they just didn't believe that they would get the quality here.
0: I find myself so guilty of that. I I listen to a lot of jazz. Uh that's not what we're talking about here today, no. but but um the the campus station in in Norman uh plays jazz at nights. I turn up my nose to that station. But I'll stream one out of Denton, Texas or a, a jazz station out of Tokyo playing the exact same stuff. And uh, I feel, oh, look how look how sophisticated <laughs> I <Yeah>. am now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it, I, you know, I'm guilty of it in in, in different ways too. Um, but you know, it kind of it's it kind of relates to how you know we were talking about um, a character to me. It it just it makes life easier to to make these assumptions before you know, and, and it just makes it. Where you're, you don't have to think about everything like if you have the assumption that you know a, a chain restaurant will be better than a, a restaurant locally owned it makes you, you know it makes it easier to process things yeah. you know if you, if you see a person and you're like well you know they're they're just a character it, it makes it easier just to to go on without kicking in the whole world.
0: I think we tell ourselves who has time to get to know people or to get to know, you know, a a local business scene and really we've got time.
1: We do have time. Um, And and that kind of relate, I do say in this book later, I was like about Norman, I said, you just don't have the celebrators. And, and I, I do believe that personally is, um, that some places are good about celebrating themselves or um, with quality discussing what's going on in that community. Uh, Norman gets there once in a while, but it it still needs to recognize that there is great stuff coming from it and coming from all of Oklahoma. Hmm.
0: I could go on about this book
1: (laughs) all day. (laughs)
0: Uh, just one more question. Uh, tell everyone how it ends.
1: <laughs> well, it, uh, it ends... Uh... Okay.
0: <laughs> let's talk a little music.
1: All right, let's do
0: it. Before we get to Randy, let, I've got a few just generic music questions, just so okay. we, our audience can get a feel for for where you're coming from. Uh, and that is one great thing about the book. There, you drop so much music in this book. The, the second time I'm around, I'm going to read it with a highlighter, and I'm going to make a Spotify playlist of the stuff that
1: Cole yeah. has played. I um, uh, a friend who works in the book in at a bookstore, she told me. She said, "You have to make a Spotify playlist."
0: I, I, I think that's so, just smart marketing.
1: Yeah, I need to create it, and uh, I will. And, and I will say, he listens to things I don't. So it'll be fun for me to run right. it, too.
0: Okay. Wampus, what is a record that you love that most people have heard of? Don't give me something snobby here.
1: Um, Lately, I've been listening to Some Girls by Rolling Stones a lot. yeah.
0: I love that album cover, by it, the way. Yeah,
1: it's a great album cover. It's, uh, yeah, the, the Rolling Stones 70s, late 70s era is something I've been really digging lately. They just, they do it in their own way. It makes you realize that their secret weapon is Charlie Watts and always has been. Um, it's, it's mixing at his best. No, it rocks. It's yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. Let's get a little deeper cut here. Who's a musical group that you love that you wish more people knew about?
1: That I wish more people knew about? Yeah. See, you know, I have an obsession, but I, I have long given up caring that other people are into it, but I would say uh, a giant dog and sweet spirit.
0: Oh, I love them.
1: Yeah. with Sabrina and I just think she's the best front. Yeah. I I just, I'm in amazement of her. People should be listening to them. If you have a chance to see a giant dog live, do it. You won't for a while, but but (laughs) when they come back around, they, uh, yeah, they put on a show.
0: What is a movie soundtrack you enjoy?
1: Ooh, that's, let me think. um, uh, the kids' soundtrack, *Folk Implosion*. I, I okay, think that's a great.
0: I just barely remember that movie. I just remember there was a lot of controversy when it came out. Um, that's all I could t- tell you about it at all.
1: Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's a tough movie. Um, I do, I do think some of the humor in it is kind of you know, because it was the first thing produced that Harmony Corrine or Corina um, wrote. And uh, there's a humor in it along with with some, with some disturbing things in it. But there there is a humor to enjoy in it. But uh, the music to it with a lot of kind of, just kind of lo-fi funk in a way, but indie rock really fits well with the movie and it's great apart from
0: I will take a listen all right live music yes no or not anymore
1: <laughs> well uh if I showed the ticket stubs from my from the last few years it would be not anymore but you know that's part of just having a, a child you just don't go out as much um sure. but I would say yes. Live music is, uh, I think, is one of the best parts of humanity.
0: Yeah. I've got to tell to share you,
1: share in the exaltation of music. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've got to tell you now that my youngest has turned nineteen. Uh, it's it, there's it's definitely a second wave for me. Oh, cool. So uh, good things are coming.
1: Yeah, I, I can't wait.
0: Okay, so let's talk about today's song. What Randy Newman song have you brought to the show today?
1: Uh, I chose In Germany Before the War. What's, what's the uh, album and song?
0: That's from Little Criminals.
1: Little Criminals, that's right. right.
0: All right. We will give the the audience the opportunity to pause uh, and listen to In Germany Before the War. Uh, In its place, I have Tom Sharpling singing public domain songs. Campdown races, sing this song. Do-da, do-da. And we're back. (laughs) This is... uh, this is a song I like a lot. This is a song that 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 really takes you on a roller coaster ride, doesn't it?
1: Yes. I chose this song because I I'm not the biggest Randy Newman fan, um, and I, I it's just it's something that hasn't been on my radar sure. just because growing up genres of music I like. And then and then there's just there You know, as Tom Sharpling is to to Tom Waits, you know, about taking umbrage of of the persona, the character, you know, the character that Tom Waits does. I just, Randy's singing style sometimes hits me like that. Yeah. And he doesn't do it all the time, but it's it had been enough for me to just explore other things before I got to him.
0: Yeah, it would be easy to dismiss it as, as this kitschy, you know, fake voice.
1: Yeah. Um, but he's yeah. kept it for a decade. So it's <laughs> not that fake, but, um, I saw him at summer stage in central park in 2000. Oh, wow. You know, which is, you know, the free concert series in central park. And I went because Jonathan Richmond was opening up and I wanted to see him play. And, uh, but I went with friends, and one of my friends, his friend, was a humongous Randy Newman fan, and it was just—we
0: don't run ex- hot and cold. hes a mild his, Randy Newman fan.
1: <laughs> his excitement um, was—it was infectious in a way, but there, it, it's not the best place for Randy Newman to play, you know, under yeah. a starlit sky with with sound dissipating, you know, in in ways that aren't, but.
0: Was it just him? Did he have a? a, a...
1: I think it was just him. I, you know, it's been 20 years, I'm an yeah. old man now. I mm-hmm. think, I don't know, he might've had a small backup band for different things, but I just remember him playing this song and it was one of those Nice moments in live music where everyone felt it. You know, there was a there was people understood that this was it stirred emotions, and that's it. That's always made it my favorite song since then of his because I I remember it from then. But uh, revisiting it after uh, after you messaged about songs, it it's made me love it even more. I think, uh, yeah, and I think it has some relevance for these times as well. So, I, I, yeah, I just think it's a great song and, and a beautiful song, too.
0: This is one of those songs, and he does this a lot, where he tricks the listener. Because after the first verse, uh, you think this is, is a sentimental kind of somewhere out there moment, that that this man's loved ones have have, have made it, uh, we assume to America, and he's there in 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 Germany, uh, missing them. And it would be easy for the song to to go there, and then he really twists the knife. Yeah, <laughs> through the second half of the song, and we find out that this is uh, a monster.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's based on the movie
0: M by Fritz Lang. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yes, it's it's based on Peter Lorre's character, who, you know, who is a child murderer. What? In that, in that. Yeah, I think he's said that explicitly. Oh, wow. But, yeah, I mean, that first verse he says, in Germany before the war, there was a man who owned a store, and that couplet you would think would imply this is about you know a jewish who you know lost his possessions right you know or the right came in or because of the right and detail of him going to look at the river but as it goes in and especially the 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 chorus is, I'm looking at the river, but I'm thinking of the sea. And, you know, with that title in Germany before the war and what is revealed as his cruelty and his, his terrible acts, it's just basically saying, you know, you think you think this is bad, this is going to be, this is the river and this is going to join in into a huge body of monstrosities. You know, wow. it's,
0: it's,
1: this is just a prelude to what we're about to see oh we should treasure gosh. you know that that and that i'm not good at analyzing lyrics in, in, but that one i i just i think it's especially with the song title though, this is just talking about how there's a a general unease in in places like Spalding Grace, and you know, there's a cloud of evil that sometimes hovers above places, and I think in Germany right, about now, that's what's about to happen, and he does it with a, a beautiful melody, too.
0: <laughs> it does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it, it's almost a melody that that, that, that lulls you, Um the, the first version I heard of this was, was when he did uh, his songbook, which is a, a, a three album set now, but volume one he does this and it's just, just him and the piano on all of these. So that's the one I was used to until I, I really got into Little Criminals. Uh, but the horn work on this uh, really, really puts it to, to another level. That yeah. There's this menace uh, to the horns. But it's yeah. not. It, but it's not. It's not like it's announcing danger. It's like, uh, like, oh, what's coming up next? What's going on here?
1: Yeah, yeah. The choice of notes with the swarms, um just will na- yeah, naturally create foreboding and and uh, and unease. One thing I, I really like is you have to pay careful attention to this song because you could think this was maybe the girl's father who sings it. If you don't if you if you miss one line, you could think that. But at, until it's as he watches her, a little girl has lost his way. If, yeah, if lost has her lost life, her way. Maybe. But if you didn't see that because you know the last lines are we lie beyond, uh, beneath the autumn sky, my little golden girl and I. She lies very still. You know, it's uh, that that line. Do you know the uh, the song "Psycho" by Eddie Nowak? No. Okay, so it's a country song from the you know, inspired by the movie "Psycho," and it's about a guy, who you. and it's very darkly funny, but very creepy too. But there's a line where he's talking about he's mad at a man, and then the line is, "In my mind, walked away." And mm. I think Randy Newman here does capture kind of that, you know, the killer just, the detail he's noticing is you know, the worst transgression humanity can do, so. It, yeah, it's a, it's very unsettling.
0: Seems there's a lot in what he doesn't say. It's like, like the notes you don't play. Uh, yeah. It, it, there's such a density here. Uh, I would think that a lot of songwriters would try, would feel they needed to be more explicit. Yeah. Would, would need a couple of lines explaining to the audience what has just happened.
1: Well, yeah. If Steven Spielberg did this, uh, there would be a verse of um, the police or the, they would do the Spielberg would have to have the, the final court scene of him in, in, he doesn't trust the audience, you know. Yeah. And Newman. Newman trusts here.
0: I don't know if he trusts us or if he just doesn't care.
1: Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean Short People is on this album and, and that's and not he, he doesn't
0: I, I really he doesn't
1: th- give it away at, at the end that <laughs> this is about bigotry. it a
0: I, I really, when short people came out and people were taking it at face value and there were actual short people who were organizing boycotts, I, I yeah. can't help but wonder what went through his mind. What What's that line? There's, there's no parody so absurd that someone won't take it at face value.
1: Yeah, but I will say, uh, I'm sure they had to hear it. I'm sure they heard people singing it around. Yeah, there. that's true. And so they didn't get to enjoy the, the irony like other people. It's like uh, South Park and kick a ginger Day or whatever. Yeah, that's... You know, I don't think gingers enjoy it as much as, <laughs> as uh, people who aren't gingers. So I, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy it, but I, I understand.
0: Okay, now we've come to the dangerous part of the show, Wampus. Oh, no. no. I am, I'm bringing out the wheel.
1: Oh, God, don't.
0: I've randomized a list of songs. Maybe you've heard them before, maybe not. But okay. we'll give a listen to one at random and then talk it over. Wampus Reynolds. Oh, please
1: be Linda.
0: Yes. Please Wamp- be
1: Linda. Go. <laughs>
0: Are you ready to spin the wheel?
1: Yes. Spin the wheel,
0: spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. All right. Give me your best sound effect. It did not land on Linda. The wheel is cruel.
1: Before we, we do this, do you know why I wanted to talk about Linda? No. Because I think Andy Kindler, a young Andy Kindler, unconsciously stole the melody for Karen.
0: You should ask him that sometime.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just might.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, it did fall in the L's. All right. And this is an early one. This is called Love Story, parentheses, you and me. All right. Uh, For the audience, this is off of Randy's uh, self-titled... debut album which i think was 1968. um our audience will enjoy some more public domain tom sharpling bet my money on a bob town all the day and we are back all right so now you've heard randy as a very very young man does this voice sound different now
1: no, it it sounds exactly the same. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's yeah. There is same same you know tone, you know same. It's not lower or higher. You know, a lot of singers start higher and then end up lower. It seems like he's about the same.
0: Yeah, I that that was that was my trouble uh, when I I got into Leonard Cohen. Uh, with his London concert, and then I went back and and heard his early stuff. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Was he sucking helium? What's going on here?" <laughs> Love story, you and me. I, I I once heard someone describe this as, uh, "Boy meets girl, boy marries girl, everybody dies."
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. It does ring of uh, a, a young man's cynical idea of what lies before him. You know, it, it it seems like he's a bit resistant to to the traditional ideas of, of a lifetime with someone here, you know? And, uh, you know, just the, the, the resistance to kind of, you know, to the American, you know, standard life. Yeah, I think only a young Randy
0: Newman would write this. Yeah, he, he gives up on, I see some idealism in here that, that he gives up on pretty quickly as yeah. as his life proceeds. At the same time, it, it's, it seems like Randy is intentionally creating a character who's kind of a dip. Yeah. Like this is no way to woo a woman. Yeah, I like your brother. I like your mother. <laughs> yeah. Those are your your two opening lines.
1: Yeah, I, I think the "We'll have a kid" or maybe we'll rent one is funny, but I it, it doesn't further this his song. No, I think it's a it's an easy laugh for what he's doing.
0: Yeah. Now the the next two lines, and, and maybe you know more about this than me. He says he's got to be straight. We don't want a bent one. Yeah. Did "straight" mean in 1969 what it means now?
1: See, I, I I'm not sure. I think it could be just mean straight, like you know, upright citizen. But
0: well, yeah, I I, I I remember this was a big. Uh, during the Boy Scout debate of 10 years ago, you know, they're talking about how you know the Scout Oath talks about being morally straight and how in 1910 that meant something completely different. So I'm wondering if by 69 what we're talking about here.
1: Yeah. It, speaking of the Boy Scouts, I, I saw some writing, writings of Theodore Roosevelt about his dreams of the Scouts. And he does disparage the effeminate male in it, so it might have been implied hmm. that morally straight. But yeah, I, I don't know if, uh, if it means gay or just morally upright. He doesn't want a counterculture one or something. Yeah. When when I was listening to this, I I was looking up the album because the orchestration, which is really heavy in it you know there's a lot of instruments on this but some of the arrangement kind of reminded me of uh, ode to billy joe which is a little more spare but i was yeah. seeing if you know crossover in staff but I, I couldn't figure it out
0: there i a uh, i don't know if you listen to cocaine and rhinestones oh i sure do yeah there was a whole episode on ode to billy joe yeah. and, and how it evolves to have that that, that beautiful strings in it.
1: Yeah. Um, the contemporaries I could think for Randy Newman here would be Lee Hazelwood, Lee. You know, especially that talk scening, You know, yeah. Randy sings a little, but it's it's not that challenging. You know, it's more talking. And then, but on this album, not this song, particularly. He does have a bit of a Bob Dylan delivery on some things. The You and me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Those are the things that struck me listening, to.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that. Just one other thing that, that, that struck me about this is, is that he, he's not over-promising to this girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe we'll go out now and then. But, yeah, I'm probably going to be pretty tired. Let's yeah, watch TV. That,
1: yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that that rings very true. <laughs> it's
0: like, are, are are you sure that you were 19 years old when you wrote this? Because you, you <laughs> see where this is going. Yeah. All right. Well, the sometimes the wheel is cruel, but I, I think the wheel w- w- was very kind to you, Wampus. Thank you for being a good sport and doing that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, I I'm getting a shirt that says, I survived the Wheel of Randy.
0: <laughs> Zazzle.com.
1: Zazzle. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. All right. I got to cut you in on the merch now. <laughs> uh, this next segment is called This Week's Cover.
1: This Week's
0: Cover. This week's cover is when I spotlight a Randy song sung by someone else, just a recommendation for for the listener. And listener, if you enjoyed Love Story uh, by Randy Newman, you'll really enjoy the cover Uh, that's done by Harry Nilsson. Harry Nilsson did an entire album of Randy songs. It's called Nilsson Sings Newman. And sometimes I hesitate to recommend that album because he does include a super racist song on this. Uh, There are a handful of songs that are banned from this podcast, Uh, so uh, buyer beware. But Harry Nilsson's cover of of this is just lovely, and Randy's doing piano on it, and the the two of them had this great synergy. So, Love Story, You and Me by Harry Nilsson is this week's cover. Wampus, thank you so much for, for doing this. How can people get hold of you?
1: Um, my phone number is... <laughs> no, I'm not going to get on my phone. No, uh, home
0: address only, please.
1: Uh, on social media, it's uh, at Wampus Reynolds, W-A-M-E-U-S-R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S. That's on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Wampus or slash Reynolds program. Um, that's uh, kind of my catch-all for other things. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, huh. If you live in the Oklahoma area, um, my book should be selling in some retail places soon. Um, and I, I hope other places too, but for right now that's that's the rollout.
0: And we, we have uh, several listeners who, who uh, are also fans of the podcast Thought Spiral. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Wampus is, is known on that show as...
1: Television Savalas.
0: Which makes which, the host laugh every single
1: week. You, I, I like to mark it as the one joke Andy Kindler gets. Because because Josh Weinstein is cracking amazing jokes and they go over Andy's head. But he understands television so well. Yes, he does.
0: All right. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming, Wampus. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Wheel of Randy for links to today's songs. Thanks to Good Trash Media for distributing this show. Thanks to Brian Mays for our artwork. Check him out on Facebook at Brian Mays Art. Thanks to Matt Farley for our original music. Check out his many, many compositions at moternmedia.com. That's M-O-T-E-R-N. Our background music is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids. You can find that wherever you get your public domain ragtime. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. We are a water and sewer engineering firm registered in Oklahoma and Texas. And if you ask nicely, we'll register in your state too. Wade specializes in hydraulic modeling. If you're a city or a rural water district or a fire department, you've got to get a hydraulic model first thing before you spend one more dollar on construction. Get a model. If you're an engineering firm, don't do hydraulic modeling yourself. This isn't something you can learn on the job. It's very easy for a hydraulic model to give you the wrong answer if you're not careful. Play it safe and bring in an expert. Weight Engineering can be reached at 405-426-7634. See you next time, everybody. Bye. It's Wheel of Randy.